What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Around the World. I think we're on episode nine now. Yeah. Man, it goes pretty fast. Um, but we're super excited today. We have a very awesome guest joining us. Um, it's Daniel Edelman. Um, so before I turn to Daniel, um, just a little bit about his background. Um, so Daniel played for the PDA Youth Academy from 2015 to 2020, um, and then joined Red Bulls Academy in 2020. Um, shortly after, he signed his first pro contract with Red Bulls 2 in 2021, which is awesome. And in that season, um, you may call it a breakout season, uh, he led the club in interceptions, 54, tackles, 87, tackles, 159, duels, 1, and passes. So this guy is just a hard-nosed six if you've ever seen one. Um, <laughs> um, and so after that season, he signed his homegrown contract um, with the Red Bulls' first team in 2022. Um, and I believe he has six appearances in MLS this season or maybe with Open Cup. I'm not really sure. could be mixed between the two. Um, and he has represented the United States um, national team from the U16 level and still today with the under-20s. Um, and most notably, he captained the U20 team um, through the CONCACAF championships that ended in hardware um, for our country. So, Daniel, welcome to the episode. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really excited to, to chat with you guys. Yeah, man, we're super pumped. We're super pumped for joining us. Uh, congrats, obviously. I know we, we texted about it, but congrats on your uh, recent championship. I mean, uh, saw some of the highlights, weren't able to watch the games, but it was super cool to see you guys do what you did. Uh, so congrats on that. Man. No, thank you so much. It was, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely super special experience. Yeah. So you played with the, you played with the championship team last night. How was that? Uh, yeah. So I played with the USL side last night. Uh, we actually won two uh -huh. to one versus Atlanta, Atlanta two, uh, great result for the guys. It's been a tough year for rebel two, uh, this year. So definitely, uh, you know, got the morale going again within the squad uh, to, to pull a result away. Yeah, it's big time. Yeah, that is, that is. And good, yeah. good always to, to get minutes. So you play the full 90 and, you know, stay fit, stay sharp and mm -hmm. all that for, for when you get called upon um, for the MLS squad. So we'll dive right into it. Uh, Daniel's a really busy guy, obviously, uh, you know, with the professional <laughs> life, something we can't exactly relate to, but uh, uh, so, so Daniel, let's kick it off. Um, Let's start. Let's start um, before. Let's go back a little bit and, and talk about before you went pro because it was a little bit of a decision for you, right? So you were committed to UNC initially. Obviously, you ended up uh, going the pro route with Red Bulls. So uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that and that decision? Yeah, I mean, first off, it was definitely a tough decision. There's no easy, uh, you know, way for me to, to pick to go to UNC or. or you know, take this professional route. Um, but at the end of the day, I looked at the bigger picture and sort of realized, okay, I've always wanted to be a pro when I was, you know, a young, a young child. And how do I get to be a pro as quick as possible? And that was signing, signing with Rebel 2 and, and then trusting myself and believing that, you know, throughout that season that I can make the jump to the first team. It was definitely super Super challenging, though, because UNC is a great school and that would have been super fun and it would have been great to play at that, that university. Um, but I think ultimately I had made the right decision uh, looking, you know, the year that I had with the USL and now where I am right now, uh, I really wouldn't, wouldn't regret anything. 
Yeah, man, I, I think that's something we notice. I think you really back yourself. Um, and just, I mean, literally just looking at, you know, your, your journey and, um, from what we've read up on you, um, it seems like you backed yourself and, it, and it, it's paid off so far. So, um, that's big time, man. Thanks for sharing that. And that's actually where we wanted to, yeah, that's actually where we want to take it next. Um, <clears throat> cause you said, you know, it was a tough decision. You ended up, you know, signing with Red Bulls too. And in 2021, as I mentioned in the intro, that was your breakout year. Um, you became a starter with 30 appearances, um, for Red Bulls too. So can you talk to us a little bit about um, that year being, you know, a standout player for your team and um, what it took to make that jump from the first team once you were there? Certainly. I think that season with Rebel 2 was a big year for me to develop and prepare myself to have an opportunity to join the first team the following year. I think we didn't have a lot of veterans and older players on that squad in 2021. So it asked for players like me and some of the other younger guys to to step up and take bigger roles within the team and sort of do more on the field rather than just the role of your position to to sort of do more. You know, as a six, I was looking to, of course, break up plays and, uh, you know, always offend and tackling. But also it also required me to start attacks and look to get get forward and make some forward passes to set up our tens. And I think, you know, our head coach, John Wolniak at the time, did a really, really good job of sort of giving me the, the chance to, to really thrive in that system uh, with, with, the, with the twos. You know, I had captained the side in a few matches, which was, you know, quite an honor you know, at the age I am to captain that side uh, against the likes of Tampa Bay Rowdies and Charlotte FC, you know, those, those class teams. So I think it was a really great year for me and you know, as a team, we, we didn't have the best season, but individually, I think I really made some strides that were able to propel me to where I am right now with the first team. And you know, the, the jump, were, obviously I was in preseason this year with the first team. I was, I was in preseason with them in 2021 too, but you know, this preseason, I think I really showed, uh, showed the staff and the coaches uh, that I'm ready and I'm, willing to to play play with them and give them a, a different light a different perspective on the field than some of the other players uh, it's been it's been a tough beginning of the season I wasn't getting as many minutes as I would have liked but now it's sort of middle of the season I'm definitely looking to get more opportunities and they seem to trust me a little bit more but at this first team level there's definitely not a lot of time on the ball you've got to know what you're doing way before you get it and it's ultimately the decision-making at this level. That's, that's what really separates you from the pack. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I can only imagine USL, the USL championships already a really high level. Um, yeah. And then, and then jump into the MLS, it's probably just an entirely different beast. Um, but something I'm, I'm very interested that you, you kind of touched on in your development was that aspect of attacking or starting the attack as a six. So, uh, you know, doing doing some research, it's something that uh, is synonymous with you. Um, so can you can you talk to us about that? Uh, what that what that entails, how you built that into your game and and how that can be part of you as a six? Yeah, I think starting off when I was at PDA and even in the Rebels Academy, sometimes when I would receive the ball. I would look to play square or be safe and play backwards and just worry about completing that pass. But Red Bulls 
even later on in the academy and Red Bulls too sort of brought out this more risk-taking uh, style of play in me and, and to be more aggressive uh, going forward. I think I've already displayed a defensive, tenacious uh, aspect of my game, but I think offensively they really got me got me going, willing to to play balls forward, break lines, play balls over the top, and try to be more impactful at the six. That's that's the that's the style of play with within Red Bulls. So you can't play square balls, play backward. Just look to go forward, get direct uh, immediately, and, and see what what we can create because our tens are the ones that have to get on the ball and they're going to drive or, or, or really score the goals or, or make the assist. But the six has got to be the ones to get them in good spots and be brave on the ball. Yeah, no, I think me, it's funny because me and Dill were talking about this literally our last episode. We were, we were talking about yeah. this modern day six almost where sixes are asked of more in the attacking side of things, maybe not, you know, point production per se, but it's the pass, the assist, it's the breaking lines that you're talking about. It's the through balls, being able and capable to play those balls. And some of the best sixes mm-hmm. we see in the world, that's, that's what they, that's kind of the direction it's going. And it's funny yeah. because, yeah, it's funny because like literally when I was younger, I, I feel like I'm, this, I was a similar player to you. I was a six that literally just played sideways, backwards, pass completion, like, and that was something that I had to work on. And I was lucky enough with the coach that entrusted me when I was coming through the ranks that gave me the freedom to go forward and work on that side of my game. And I think it propelled me to a new level as a player. So I, I think that's awesome. And it's great to hear that, you know, you, you, you kind of took that challenge and, and made the most out of it. Um, one other thing we were seeing and noticing through our research was kind of on the same lines. Um, we saw that on numerous occasions, um, you said, I think in an interview that you used to go watch Red Bulls play um, at Red Bull arena with your dad, with your family. Um, so what is it like being being a homegrown player for the team that you grew up playing for? I can only imagine. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's super special. I mean, I went to those games when I was seven, eight years old with my dad, family, grandfather, and up uh, up high in the in the crowd, cheering, wearing the the Red Bull gear, and watching you know, the likes of Henri, uh, watch on watch on Davis play, and then. You know, you tune in to now the, the present day and at least for, you know, some of the uh, practices and preseason of 2021, I actually was on the field with Sean Davis. And that's like a, a whoa moment. Like, wow, like watching watching him on the field a few, uh, you know, 10 whatever years later. And now I'm on the field right next to him learning from him and to be able to now see that I can I'm actually on the field. And I get to look up at the crowd and be like, wow, 10 years ago, I was watching, watching these guys play. And now I'm actually with them on the field. So I think it's, it's super cool. And by no means am I satisfied yet with, with, you know, the, how, where I'm playing right now or, or how I'm playing. Cause you always want to strive for more, but honestly, it's, it's such a cool, super, super special feeling uh, that, uh, that I get to play on the field at Rebel Arena. Yeah, I mean that that's just one of those things. It's like it seems to me like it's kind of like living out a dream, you know. I mean, we all as kids and we're all soccer players uh here and we all dream of that and, and it's just so dope that you're actually doing it. You know, you're <laughs> playing for Red Bulls, you're playing for the team you grew up watching. 
Um, but, you know, like kind of touching on, on, on what you just said, those, those on the field relationships are super special. Uh, you have a teammate of yours that's, that's at Red Bulls with you. And he also plays with the uh, youth national team with you and Caden Clark. Uh, what's that like? Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have a great relationship, but what's it like playing with him at Red Bulls and then going, going, playing in CONCACAF with him? Yeah, no, I, I love Caden. I've known him since I was like 13, 14. We went on a, an ID2 trip with U S club soccer to, to Spain. Uh, so I've known him, I've known him a while and he's a great guy. I love, love being around him. We, uh, we definitely have a great, great friendship, uh, off and on the field and being with him with the USA team. It's, it's, it's amazing that we get to share the experience there and also back at Red Bulls. And I think we just get each other so well on the field and we understand our play styles and, what we want or you know even last night I got to play with him in the USL match and you know we just always get each other our communication we don't even have to talk we, we know what you know where each other are going to be and where we want the ball and, and our positioning so I think you know with the US with the USA squad uh, I played the six and he was more of a, a winger sometimes you would play the 10 but being with him, uh, it's super fun. We, uh, yeah, we really thrive together. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, literally awesome. And um, I, th- I feel like that's also something um, you can't you can't emphasize enough. Just that, just that relationship piece and how important that is to soccer. I think that's awesome. And I'm glad you guys get on well and have been moving through the ranks together. That's awesome. Um, yeah, just like on those same lines, we were we were like obviously like when you talk about Red Bulls. Um, they're, they're one of the models for American soccer in terms of churning out um, top players um, that end up playing for the national team. And um, some have moved on to Europe. One coming to mind is Tyler Adams, right? So, um, and obviously, and you, you hinted a little bit in the beginning just about the Red Bull style of play. So mm-hmm. just it's pretty well known throughout American soccer. Red Bulls is the pressing, like the, the insanely um, organized and, um, just all out pressing team. Right. Um, yeah, very and, intense. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Intense pressing, playing balls forward, getting, getting at teams. That's, that's kind of the Red Bulls way. Um, so when you, when you couple that, that system that we talked that I just talked about with, you know, kind of living up to the standard um, at Red Bulls and earning your mark at Red Bulls um, and kind of being a standout player in that system, have you seen your game adjust at all? Um, obviously you played at the youth academy, so that probably helped, but have you seen your game adjust at all? Um, just, just kind of thriving in that system. Yeah, certainly. I think within the academy, USL and the first team, there's all little minor changes within each, uh, system, but definitely within the first team, I've definitely had to adapt and and sort of take on a a greater role in terms of covering ground and, and being more aggressive defensively. You know, you see Tyler Adams and what he's able to do defensively and how much ground he covers and how he can end a play because he's so smart and he knows where to be positionally uh, to break up plays and really be a, like the word fireman and, and, and stop anything dangerous that's, that's going to happen. And I think even, you know, the guys I'm training with now, the other sixes, we have Costaris, we have Drew Yearwood, we have Frankie Amaya, those guys all, we all challenge each other in training because uh, we, we, all, we all want the spot. And I think we all learn from each other as well. We all have our certain uh, qualities that, that stand out. And it's, it's really nice 
battling with them and sharing sharing our thoughts with each other off the field how we can keep improving as as all of us and we have the depth we i feel all all of us can be trusted to to play in that role and i mean ultimately the the red bull system it's just super direct and it's that all in mentality that it's all about the togetherness the pressing and if one guy's not tuned in or slips up then that's when our system ultimately fails so it's super important that you're mentally focused all the time you know you're not you're not pressing for the full 90 minutes we pick we pick our triggers when to go but you really got to be willing to run which everyone is and you've got to be smart about when to go so i think that's definitely something that i've uh, really grown into yeah and you're talking about covering ground. I mean, Tyler Adams literally just covered the most ground in, in match week one in the Premier League. So clearly Red Bulls is doing a good job of instilling that in you guys. Uh, it's it's yeah. pretty cool to see it translate over to, to the Premier League as well because uh, I, I think the MLS deserves a little bit more respect than it gets. And now we're seeing players that have transitioned, transitioning over from the MLS and they're doing really, really well in Europe and in, in the top leagues. So, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of good seeds being planted over there. Um, but, you know, you've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but, you know, in this, in this jump you've made to the first team, what new challenges has this presented to you both on the pitch and also off the pitch with your lifestyle? Yeah, firstly, all on the pitch, obviously I'm competing with these older guys who ultimately have more experience at the pro level right now and who have been overseas. You have Costas, a Venezuelan national player. You know, Amaya's been with the U20 national team. Drew Yearwood's overseas. He's, he's played in Europe, so... These guys have different experiences than me. I have my own experiences myself with the USA squad and other uh, European uh, European trips that I've been on. But I think another another aspect of competing with guys in my position is just realizing that you have all these other players on the field who are fighting for their spot, and it's sort of real life now that these guys are fighting to to play. And I, of course, I want to play, but. You know, coming into the first team, you sort of get the look like, oh, like you've got this young kid coming in, like he's, he wants to take our job. And that's just the reality. That's, that's the business of, of football. And it certainly definitely like opened my eyes that, you know, it's got to, you got to take care of yourself even more now. And you got to really put the work in. That means getting, getting to training early, making sure you're recovering well, you're stretching, you're sleeping, you're eating well, doing all the little things to make sure that when you step on the field in training, you're ready to go and you're going to kill it because performance is what matters. You have to show the coach that you're ready to play and you want to play. And that's, that's, it's a, it's a big challenge. It's a big test for, for you to sustain throughout a whole season. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that Daniel, because like one thing you didn't mention, but you implied is, you know, you're a young guy coming in and, you know, these guys have pro experience, they're older guys. At, at, at times they have families to support. <laughs> it's, it's a exactly, crazy dynamic. Yeah. Like that's, that's the age gap we're seeing now um, with these young guys coming into MLS squads. It's crazy. Like they literally, I mean, that's, that's, this is their livelihood. They got to play minutes. They got to, to support their family. It's great. It's crazy mm -hmm. to think about. And obviously you're a little bit younger than that and have a little bit more time to think about that, but it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's ultra intense. I don't think 
any of us that haven't been in that environment really truly understand it's it's all just words um but i appreciate you putting it into you know putting it into perspective for everyone and um that's awesome and then literally i think the coolest thing and one of the things we were looking me and dill were just talking about look we're so looking forward to talking to you about this aspect just um, cause we were following it. Obviously I watched a couple of games. I know they'll watch highlights and maybe, maybe some, some minutes of the games, but, um, this U 20 squad, um, I feel like America fell in love with the squad throughout the run. Um, the American soccer landscape in general, I think it got a lot of publicity and hype and I think it was deserved. I mean, it was an insanely special group, um, that, that you guys had in that CONCACAF championship run. Um, so can you just kind of walk us through that tournament, walk us through the guys that you were playing with and what made that team so special? Yeah, that trip was probably the best soccer trip that I've ever been on. And it was quite an honor to, to be on that squad and to wear the captain armband in some of those matches. The standout match was definitely the Honduras game with 17, 18,000 Hondurans watching us and throwing stuff on the field and hmm. pointing lasers at us and chanting and yelling all this stuff. And for us to get that 3-0 result in that environment and then to qualify for the Olympics since, the, what was it, 2008 that we hadn't yeah. been? Yeah. I mean, you can't really ask for much more from a team to, to stick together and get the job done. So we were all super stoked about that. But I mean, moreover some of the guys on the squad, it's a privilege to be able to play with them. I think a bunch of the, us guys have been together and have played together with each other before. You've got the Philly guys, Sullivan, Paxson, Jack, Brandon. Then um, you got someone like Diego Luna. I was roommates with him <laughs> the whole trip, and he's – what a player he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, big fans. We're big fans. We're big. Big hype. Yeah, the, the way he doesn't – you know, he's so shifty and – can't take the ball off him so he was he was quite a player to play with and then another guy that I hadn't really played with at all was the guy Alvarado and I really enjoyed getting to know him and playing with him in midfield especially in that Honduras game he's so clean on the ball and so clean on the turn and he had a great goal that he scored and I think honestly our, our coaching staff and, and Mikey Veras and everyone they set a good foundation and good principles for us to have a clear picture of what the goal is and what what we're trying to accomplish within the usa squad and what what our culture is all about so i think that tournament was something we're all going to be proud of and we're going to use it as a stepping stone to to lead into the world cup next year yeah and and it's been really cool reading up on on all of that how you guys really set that goal of being that team to break the Olympic drought. And obviously you guys were, were successful in doing that, but uh, you know, Daniel, you mentioned all the fantastic players in the squad. I mean, it's one of the more stacked U20 teams uh, that's come through the ranks, but what was it like being the captain of that group? And not only of that group, but also representing your country. Yeah. I mean, I could use a bunch of words, honor, privilege. Like it's, it's a surreal feeling that, I'm looking at my left arm and I look down and I have the, the band on in, in, in a USA match under 20 for, for, for our nation. Because our coach preaches before that we're representing all the people that watch U.S. soccer, all the people that don't watch soccer that live in the United States, who don't even know about us. We're, we're still representing them and, and we're re representing everyone. So you have 20 guys, 
20, 22, 20, yeah, 20 guys that are, that are on this squad that represent the whole country. And we're fighting to get into the Olympics, qualify for the World Cup. And I'm sort of the leader that's on the field. And it's certainly something super special. And I, I love the responsibility and, you know, taking, taking, taking charge of, of the squad and, and leading everyone out on the field. I like, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm all about. Uh, giving people, you know, direction and helping them get through the games. And that's, that's a, uh, yeah, just an awesome feeling. <laughs> I can yeah. I can literally only imagine. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine, I think um, what that, what that feeling might be, um, which is, I mean, again, kudos for <laughs> kudos for all your no, work. Thank it's, you. just, it's just a testament <laughs> to your body of work, man. Like literally it's just a testament to it all. Um, Congrats again. Um, no, I we seem like, that. we seem like fanboys, but it's, it's, really, <laughs> it's literally like, like, it's cool because we're, we, we, like I said, me and Dill were following this, you know, this event and we like, like everyone else on social media, all the soccer fans in America, we were, we were following it. And like, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that idea of just like kind of being, being like a, a star almost, you know, like that's, that's kind of what this team became, which is really cool to, to witness because it's all young guys um yeah. that have so much potential i think like all the guys you name dropped and mentioned and and probably all 20 have bright futures ahead of them which is you know just awesome to to to, to um to talk about with you so thanks man for sharing all that um of course yeah and um one other thing um we obviously we kind of walked through your whole journey we walked we talked about you know what uh, what it was to pursue your pro career, the, the stressors of, of, of doing that and the decision that it was and, um, you know, making that jump to the USL championship team to the first team. Um, one question I, I just have lingering is like, obviously we talked about backing yourself. What is that pressure? Like, I feel like there's has to be some pressure, um, on you at all times, a lot of stress, like you made the decision to not go to UNC and make this your life that devote your life to soccer what is that pressure like being in your position? Um, and how do you handle that? Yeah, there's, there's always going to be pressure, but it's the guys who enjoy the pressure and take the pressure and look at it as, wow, I love this. I live for this and I'm going to take the moment and be ready and, and show what I got. So I think, you know, every time you step on the field, there's definitely going to be that good nerves and that's, that's okay to have. And even in training, you get a little nervous. But that's that's what I signed up for and what I know I'm getting into. And it's all about like ultimately all of us guys that are on that field have a passion for the game. And definitely there's a standard that, that has to be done. You can't you, you want to be a guy in training that's great every day. You don't want to have those great, 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 and then bad, bad day. You know, can you be consistent and be a top player and, and keep elevating yourself? But honestly, you don't ever want to overthink anything. And every every time I step on the field, it's don't stress, just play. And everything will come to you. All the tactics will will come to you naturally. Yeah. And when you're when you're really in the zone, you're probably not even thinking. I mean, that that we can speak yeah. to all as as yeah, footballers. For sure. Um, but yeah, pressure, pressure equals opportunity. Uh yeah, there's pressure that comes with it, but it's also a massive opportunity. You bet on yourself and and so far, you know, it's it's working out really well. Uh, you know, obviously, um 
I think I think there's even more to come for you. Uh, one last thing, because I, I know you got to run, but uh, I just really, really want to talk about talk about this was uh, what, what was it like being being out on the pitch, pitch with Barcelona and, uh, you know, and b- being part of that uh, controversial red card challenge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, first off, I'll say that being on the field with Barcelona, I mean, I'd idolized that team since I was a. Uh, a young kid. I've been to Camp Nou like twice to watch them play and see Messi on the field and Busquets and PK. Busquets is one of my favorite players when watching him, just his composure on the ball and how he never, never, never fails to find a solution. Um, and then I, I'm playing out of position. I'm playing right center back in the match and I'm isolated with Ansu Fati and I've got Lewandowski right behind me. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is this is actually happening right now. <laughs> well, and of course, I'm not gonna back down from anything. You know, these are the great players. And that's my original thought. Like, wow, like these guys are right in front of me. But then you realize, like, all right, let's go. Like, bring it on. Like, yeah. you just gotta just gotta gotta deal with it. And then you get to the 80th minute and you know, there's uh, <laughs> something in my brain went off and <laughs> we got we got into a challenge that I think was controversial. Could have been a yellow card, but in against Barcelona in an international friendly, might go Barca's way. <laughs> hey, hey, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, man, we've all been there. Where it's just, where it's just instinct, bro, and, you don't, and you're not thinking like, you hey, you get the ball there, and we're all we're all yeah. applauding you right now. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a little late. Just a little late. Just a little. I flew by him a little too much, and it was uh yeah. Had Pjanic and Frankessi get in my face and share <laughs> share some words with me. So no, it's definitely uh definitely something I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah, listen, when it's all said and done, one day you're gonna be able to tell your kids. Frank Kessie was talking shit to me. <laughs> Pianish was in my face. So it's not a completely wasted uh, experience. Yeah, I got a red card for yeah. Sports, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You'll you'll you know one day you'll wear it as a badge of honor. So hundred <laughs> oh, <100%. laughs> percent. But uh but yeah, so Daniel, we we know you gotta run, so we'll wrap it up. Uh yeah. huge, huge thank you to you, man. I mean, it's been total pleasure having you on, um, hearing hearing what you have to share. So just wanted to say thanks, you know, for both of us. Um, we're we're gonna be super tuned in to to the rest of your career. Uh something we'll be closely following. So thank you, man. Yeah, no, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'd love chatting with you about about all these topics and, and sharing things about my career and of course, you know, I'm hoping there's there's more to come and we, we keep going up from here. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's the mindset. And uh, I fully believe that, that it will be uh, up from here. Uh, for the rest of our listeners, uh, be sure to tune in to our Instagram at Around the World Pod, uh, our Twitter, uh, also at uh, A World Around the World Football, and our YouTube coming soon. So uh, for me, Drags and Daniel, thanks for tuning in to episode nine, and we'll catch you next week on Around the World.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.